Savior and our King, the one who gave it all. He gave up everything. Let's think about the man who shed his precious blood so we could be his friends, his friends until the end. And give our love and praise to Him. He is our Savior and our friend. Let's give our love and praise to Him. He is our Savior and our friend. There are times you cry when nobody is around. There are things you can't even speak to anybody about it. Sometimes you don't know how to handle it. But this is the reason why God has loved us. Because he knows you. He knows everything concerning you. And it is the right place to be. That your thoughts. There are things we think about. We don't want anybody to know. There are things we imagine in our hearts. We don't want anybody to come close to it. And God sees all those things. Sometimes it's a struggle. We want to change, but we are struggling to change. We want to be better, but we are stalling. It's difficult. We want to see different things, but it's a, it's a battle. But I tell you, the place of victory is on your knees before the Lord. He knows my name. And he knows my every thought. And he sees each tear that falls. And hears me when I call. May God hear you this morning. May he who knows what is inside you. What you are thinking about and what you are going through. May he answer you. Be blessed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright. You have your Bible. Okay. I want us to open our Bibles. If you have one. If you don't have one, wait for the wall, the, the screen, to do some magic for you. Acts chapter 9. The book of Acts. Can you hear me? I am very low on the stage, but if you can hear me, I am fine. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. The title of this morning's message is Masters of Survival. Growth and Development. Masters of Survival. In fact, quick growth, not just growth. Quick growth and Development. It's a academic topic. So write it. I'm going to teach you something that you will use to survive, to grow quickly, and to advance. Yeah. Nobody wants to remain the same. Because we are not perfect. But there is one who, is, who remains. You remain the same. He's, he doesn't need to change. But as for us, we have to change. Because the way we are, don't you know that if you remain the way you are, you will not be happy in the next five years? 
if things are the way they are now, you will not have joy. Yeah. So, we have to understand him. And this morning, I believe that God will open our eyes. Masters of survival. Quick growth. And development. I'm going to teach you how to survive. Because some of you, you see, battles are won through strategies. Not loud noises. Not carelessness. Thoughtful processes. That is why before you see soldiers moving to a battlefront, there are boardroom meetings. They study maps. They study the enemy's territory. They learn. When soldiers are trained or they are being trained to become a soldier, or to become soldiers, one of the instincts of training is to survive. If you don't learn how to survive, you, you are not ready to go for battle. Yeah. So, soldiers go through trainings that police people do not go through. Police people are law enforcers. They are not warriors. So, it's a different training. Yeah. In America, they have a group of uh, special forces called the Navy SEALs. They, 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 if you watch a documentary on how they train, you, you understand why they are elite forces. They can be in water for 30 minutes. Yeah. You have to survive. And if you, if you find yourself in an enemy territory and the only place you can hide is water and you don't know how to swim, brother, you are, it is over for you. So they learn to be in the water, under the water, without any uh, uh, equipment helping them to breathe. They have to survive 30 minutes. How many of you have watched a certain movie called Extraction? Yeah. You see the guy. He learned how to survive in water. He sits down, crosses his leg. That's it. So when they shot him and he fell in the water, people thought he was dead. But the guy was alive. Yeah. Because he has trained for it. Survivor. There are things that are determined to terminate your life even before you start winning a battle. Even before you start advancing. Even before you start growing. And if you don't learn the first, you know, rule of engagement in battle, survive. Hey! Yeah, man. You can't move forward. Do you get what I'm saying? Alright. I think I finished the message. You understand it already. I feel that you understand the message already. Yeah. In Matthew chapter 10, we will come back to Acts chapter 9 verse 1. So let it be there. I mean, in Matthew chapter 10 verse 16, Jesus was teaching his disciples and he said to them, a scripture that I say by now, every Christian in this church should know. From January up to today, we have been teaching on this subject. If you don't know this scripture, then... You have not decided to survive. You have not decided to learn how to survive. Yes. Yeah. Survival. Yeah. Behold, I send you forth as sheep amongst wolves. In the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents. 
and harmless as doves. I mean, just imagine that you have been sent into an environment where your life can end. Or you live in an environment where something is determined to take your life. It's just like coronavirus in the atmosphere. The first thing we do is learn how to survive. Protect yourself. As for you, you are careless. You greet people. You, you, you hug people. You don't wash your hands. I mean, it's like corona. It's not real. It's not real. You, you are not under, you, the, the wisdom to survive is not there. There are people who said it's not real and it killed them. When even AIDS broke out, people said it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. South, many South Africans didn't believe it was real. It killed them like chicken. Yeah, in Africa, South Africans was the, were the ones who died more of AIDS than any other country because they have sex without regard. Yeah, they haven't changed. Yeah, they have the highest rate of infection of AIDS. You don't care. There is danger around us. There are diseases. That's why even before Corona, some of you don't know how to wash your hands, to hygiene. When you are eating, you just eat. Some people eat. When they finish eating, then they wash their hands. When they're going to eat, they don't wash their hands with soap and water. They, they, I used to have a friend. I used to, he, he always amazes me. When we are going to eat, then he puts his hand in the bowl like this. I said, brother, that's not how to wash your hands. When he finishes eating, then he's using soap to wash their hands. Yeah. Because many sicknesses are caught in the atmosphere. Yeah. Survival instincts. The snake is a, a, a fearful animal. And the moment we see it, we all become alert. We want to kill it. I remember once I was going to Guinea-Bissau. And I think at the border, Senegal-Bissau border, when we got there, the immigration guys had all left their post. And they were around the setting car. They were looking for a snake to kill it. They said the car is the car of one of their officers and they saw a snake move into the tie, the front tie area and climb somewhere and it has disappeared. So once the snake is inside and around the car, they have to look for it. Because, I mean, if it is your car and they say a snake has come somewhere, they can't find it. Will you sit in the car? Yeah, so everybody, they hold these sticks, look, open the car, then tell it, oh, I'm telling you. Then do you know where they found the snake? Finally, they opened the engine and they saw the tail somewhere. And you see, we, when we arrived at the border, we had to wait because the people are looking for the snake. <laughs> Everybody was wild because I mean, I mean, just imagine you you park your car and they say a snake has gone in, brother. You can't sit inside peacefully. You, even if you wear armor vest, I'm telling you, you will not sit inside. Yeah. So, because they saw an enemy, everybody's attention was there. They want to kill it. And they pulled it out and killed. I mean, the way they butchered it uh, with sticks. Within some few seconds, you see that the thing was lying down. Breathless. So, when Jesus tells us that you are being sent as sheep in the midst of wolves, but be wise as serpents, the wisdom of the serpent is to hide, is to survive. There are 2,700 species of snakes in the world. 
Yeah, none of them is in extension. All of them have survived generations. Elephants are disappearing. Tigers are dis- disappearing. Many species of wild animals, leopards are in danger of extinction. Pandas, I mean, all kinds of wild animals, bears, I mean, some of them, are, you can't find them. But the snake, some of you in your house, one is there. When you are going, he's looking at you. Yeah. That's learned to survive. Yeah. It's true. If you see a lion in your house, I'm telling you that the National Army will come there right now. It will be a, a, a scene. But the snakes are able to survive. So there is a certain wisdom that they have. And that is what we are going to learn this morning. How to survive. How to grow quickly. Because they, 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 they reproduce. I remember once a guy in his house said they discovered a snake that had shelved his skin. So they realized that no, there is a snake somewhere. So he brought some guys from pest control something, something to come in. You know, and the guys, they were not actually experts in those things, but it's like, once you have been called, you have to come. But they combed the house and they saw a place where they had some boards and things that they used and they left it. And behind it were eggs. Over 20-something eggs laid. A snake has laid 20-something eggs. Do you know what it means? (laughs) Yeah. 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 27 eggs. So small, small. Snake eggs. He couldn't believe it. They are in my house. Reproducing. Growing. Yeah. One, (laughs) One guy... He bought a land. He was going to develop it. Then he said there was a hedge. They had built a hedge on the land. So he had to take off the hedge and then build a normal, I mean, a wall. You know, the hedge was some particular species of plants or trees, whatever it is. And he said when the guys started uprooting the hedge, they realized that hedge. Small, small, small snakes. He said more than 40 of them. In a span of, let's say, uh, 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 80 meters. Now He said they were there. Hiding under. I mean, they couldn't believe it. Yeah. He said these animals are brutal. I mean, a lot of them are around. But you won't see them. Because they have learned... To survive. They don't come out by heart. Yeah. They don't show themselves by heart. Some of you have not learned. But this morning you will learn, I tell you. How to survive. And how to grow quickly. Beautiful. Let's read Acts chapter 1. Sorry, chapter 9 and from verse 1. This is about the conversion of our senior pastor Paul, who used to be called Saul. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, 
that if he found any of this way, now the disciples and the people who believe in Jesus were called the people of this way. They were not called Christians. So he said, if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound, capture them unto Jerusalem for persecution. He, Paul Saul, hated Christians so much to the extent that he chased them out of Jerusalem. They scattered, and some of them went to Damascus, which is Syria. So from, if you have gone to Israel before, you know how far it is. From Syria, from uh, Jerusalem to uh, 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 Damascus, it's very far. Yeah, I've been there before. Even when you go to Capernaum, Tiberias, to travel to Damascus, it's more than four hours uh, uh, to uh, Jerusalem. And, 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 and then when you are in Tiberias, Tiberias or uh, Capernaum, you see the Golan Heights, which is the borderline for Syria. And they are far. So it is not like a walking journey. It's a very far distance. But because the people were afraid, they traveled far away from Jerusalem into another land, Damascus. And they went and hid themselves amongst the people. And Saul went for letters to cross the borders and to go there and chase them still. Like, wherever you are, yeah, we'll bring you hatred. Yeah. It's not only Saul who doesn't hate, who, who, who doesn't like Christians. There are still people who don't like Christians. You see, some of you, eh, the, the day you became a Christian, you, you have enemies you didn't know they were enemies. Sometimes it's your family. If you get up and you say, I'm a Christian, hey! What is it? It's a haram. It's a haram. But if you go and marry a white woman and you a man, you change your name. That one is not a haram. There are men who have changed their names. Mr. Raoul. A man has changed his name. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, he didn't arrive, as he was getting closer to Damascus, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why? persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? You see, he was, he, was, he was going after the people he called the people of the way who believed in Jesus. And he didn't believe in Jesus as a Messiah. But the day he encountered Jesus, he noticed that I've met somebody who is the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Go on. And he trembling and astonished said, now he's afraid. The man who was bold. Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. It's a real story. It's not a, 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 a Aesop fable. Do you know Aesop fable? 
Some of you don't know Aesop's fable. Yes. See me after church for side teachings and extra classes with extra charges. <laughs> and Saul arose from the earth. He fell down. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. Blind straight away. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. You say you want to Damascus, you will go. But you will not see anything. So here he is, here is Saul landed in Damascus, but seeing not Damascus. I'm telling you. Let's read on. And he was three days without sight. Hey. And neither did eat nor drink. Automatic fasting. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that you can have a problem, eh? It will change you immediately. Some of you are so stubborn that whatever you are told, you won't change. But when you encounter a problem, you see that hey, immediate change. You will be humbled. Yeah. You'll be humbled. I tell you. Yes, brother Saul. Three days fasting by force. Neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain dis- disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I'm here, Lord. Let's read on. And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street which is called straight. Hey, I would like to know that street. And inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Now the guy has become a prayer warrior. Yeah. He's fasting and he's praying. You say you won't change. See, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the almighty God. Sometimes when you are told things that you have to do to change and you don't obey and God himself decides to come, I'm telling you, it's not easy. That's why you should listen to us. Don't pray that God should change you. It's not a good prayer topic. Yeah. He says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to change. Because you have to know the state of your life and the things that you, you... Everybody here knows the bad things they have to stop. Nobody needs to tell you. Children, when they lie, they know they are lying. It's not good. When they steal, they know it's not good. When they fight, it's not, they know it's not good. When they are stubborn, they know it's not good. They don't need anybody to tell them. You, you have grown. You, you want somebody to tell you that you should change this. You should, the, the day you, you, you decide, that I won't change. I'm waiting for God. You will see something. Paul became a prayer warrior, fasting brother, three days, three nights. You see, if you wake up and you are blind, you will become a prayer warrior, I'm telling you. You are proud, walking around, feeling big. Then one day you wake up, you see that you can't open your eyes. Hey! Nobody, you see, today when they tell you to pray, you don't pray. When they say fast, you don't fast. You eat. During fasting, you eat more than any time. Yeah. As we are fasting and losing weight, you have grown big. Yeah. You are waiting for a problem. Before you become a prayer warrior. May God deliver you, I'm telling you. And he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now God was dealing directly with him. So he had started to see visions. Yeah. Then, 
Ananias answered and said, Lord, I have heard many by many of this man. That guy, how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Lord, such a person should be blind. Ah, such a person, Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. You have done well that you have made him blind. Ah, he should remain blind. I tell you what he has done. He has chased people from Jerusalem and they have come to Damascus. And even me, Ananias, I've run from Jerusalem and I've come here because of this guy. And as he has, we have come here and we have peace. You have made him blind, Lord. Oh, let him remain blind. Oh, Lord, you are so good. Lord, you are kind. Lord, you are wonderful. My God, you are excellent. I don't believe you, Lord. You have blinded my enemies. Hey. Some of you sometimes you rejoice at the at the fall of your enemy. Hey. Ha. Okay, let's hear what God said. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. He, he has come here to chase us. He has gone for letters from the chief priest to come and arrest everybody who believes in you. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. I'm sending you. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Yes. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So even before Saul received healing, he didn't know that God has called him to suffer. You have decided that you want people to suffer. Now, your calling is to suffer for people. Yeah. That's why you have to be careful what you do. But some of you, the way you are, when you change, God gives you a certain kind of people in your life. That you continually have to battle to be with. Some of you sisters have insulted boys. Ah, the day you marry your husband, you see that hey, he's the chief of all the insulters. Yeah. You are going to pray about him. Pray about yourself. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, Hey, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received a sight forthwith and arose. And was baptized. Yes. And when he had received meat. Now he, he, healing has come. Man has to eat. Man more eat. I mean. I mean problem solved. Hey we have to break the fast. I tell you. He was strengthened. I mean Charlie. Sometimes some people when they are fainting. It's not spirituality. It's hunger. A brother fell down. 
in a prayer meeting. Back, 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 back. They said, oh, let's pray for him. They thought that demons. No, 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 no. Then another guy brought uh, malt. That they should give him malt. Then the, one of the prayer warriors said, no, 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 we have to pray. Then he said, hey, listen to the one. It's a, it's a, it's a good advice. Bring the malt. We want more to say, restore the fast. Charlie, listen to the man. Share. Yeah. We want more. You say, waiting. I tell you, after much, we can pray. Yeah. So he received meat and he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway, straightway, he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the son of God. Hey! No. Let me, you see, let me give you a certain light about Paul's life in this scripture. Somebody who believes in his heart that Christians are doing wrong for believing in Christ and preaching him. And to the extent that in Acts chapter 7, the Bible says that there was a man called Stephen who was full of faith. And Saul was the one who had organized boys to stone him. So they stoned him to death. And the Bible says that and Saul was consenting unto his death. He, the, the people who beat uh, Stephen to death, they took off their clothes and they put it in front of Saul. He was the supervisor. Yeah. It's like the TRC guys, those who torment, torture people. They, they will look at you. They will torture you. I'm telling you. People are torturing you and they are there. When they ask them, were you there? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. I didn't hear it. Didn't you hear people crying? I was not there. <laughs> Meanwhile, they, they are there. Yeah. There are people who rejoice in sad things. Wicked people. And that is the nature of Saul. And cast him out of the city and stone him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Uh, so, this, so this is the first time we, we see the guy. When they were beating Stephen to death. Yeah. Acts 7.59. That's what they did. Now this guy chases these Christians out of Jerusalem. Because in Jerusalem is where they received the anointing. So they were there. That was the bedrock of their faith. And they were spreading the gospel. And he chased them out. And now he finds himself in another country. Desiring to kill them. And God catches him. And immediately. He turns over. You see. Many of us maybe our journey in life. Will never or may never have been like. So. Paul. I never saw myself as a pastor. Never. Never preached in school. Never won a soul in school. SU meeting, when I went to Form 1, I think I went once and I retired. Was not a Christian. Even though I am from a Christian home. I've been following my daddy and my, my mommy to church on Sundays and giving offerings. Yeah. But I was not a Christian. Didn't pray. Didn't read Bible. Didn't live like one. 
And we used to even laugh at Christian brothers and sisters. You people, Kai, you don't enjoy life. We are the ones. We are the ones. You people, you are, I mean, your life is empty. We don't, we don't, we don't enjoy such things. I mean, eh? you are always in the room praying. When you see your sister, you say, sister in Christ. Which sister in Christ? If the sister is not my sister in, uh, in blood. Okay, sister in Christ. Well, brother in Christ. We want to party. We want to have fun. That's our mind. We used to laugh at Christians. We used to feel that they are boring people. They are not real. We didn't, we're not attracted to the, that life in a certain way. And some of you were like that. Even now that you are in church, some of you are still struggling. You, you identify more with unbelievers than believers. Yeah. You have never gone out of the church anywhere with any Christian brother or sister because of the things you are going to do. Yeah. You say you are a Christian. You are not one. You are just coming to church. Yeah. The fact that you live in America doesn't make you an American citizen. The fact that I live in Gambia doesn't make me a Gambian citizen. There are things that qualify you to be one. And without those things, you are not. So, don't deceive yourself that you are a Christian. Some of you are not. You have boyfriends like unbelievers. You dress like unbelievers. You do makeup. Your, your, your idols in makeup are unbelievers. You dress like them. Your hairstyle, your makeup, your dresses. I mean, the places you go, some of you go to club. Yesterday, you went to club. Thursday, you were there. Friday, you, are, you were there. Yesterday night, you, you left early to sleep so that you come to church. This evening, you are going back. Yeah. So, just imagine that the love and the mercy of God finds you. And what happens is that sometimes when people are saved, they become, I mean, it's like, it's a bit disturbing. Hey, this life is not, eh, so I can't go out with my friends. I can't, uh, uh, I remember once I used to sit down and think, so if they say I should be a Christian, what does it mean? I won't drink. I won't smoke. I won't go out. I won't have these friends again. Charlie, go be boring. That's how the mind used to think. So you see that some people have been saved, but they still love that thing. The fellowship is strong. You have not separated yourself. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9, verse 20. Let's read on. The Bible is sweet. Today we should do Bible study. Yes. And straightway, he, Paul, began to preach Christ. In the synagogues, that he is the son of God. He was, he was, he went for letters to go and chase them and arrest them in the synagogues. Now he's going back to the synagogues to go and preach. Yeah. It should, it should tell you something about what has happened to Paul. Yeah. Verse 21. Let's go. Let's go. But all that heard him were amazed and said, it's not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem. 
and came hither for that intent. Is he not the one who came all the way from Jerusalem to Damascus to come and persecute the Christians that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest? That's the guy. That's the guy. We know him. So, the guy who stood and supervised the boys to beat Stephen to death. They stoned him. He was there laughing. He used a stone on his head, on his back, on his face. You can see a human being. Be- Sometimes even when somebody is slapped, some people cannot watch it. You can stand there as a human being and see somebody being stoned. I watched a documentary some time ago of a woman who was stoned to death. They buried her whole body and left the head. So they stoned the head because she was caught in adultery. Yeah. In the name of religion. Terrible. It was her. I've never forgotten that thing. I don't know why I watched it. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. You see a human being that they say they, he, he, he says he's a, he's a Christian. The, the, the only reason why they are killing is he says he's a Christian. And a human being stands behind him and takes a, a machet and hacks his head off like that. Pow! Even chicken, when you are killing chicken, don't you have compassion? Yeah. Yeah. Verse 22. Let's read, let's read, let's read. But Saul increased the more in strength and found the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. This is very Christ. Hey! Hey. 23, 23. Let's read, let's read. We are reading till I don't know where it will end. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. Now, this is where I'm going to talk about survival. You see, survival means that you have enemies and danger around you. And Saul, who became Paul, had all these people behind him who were pushing him to kill the, the Christians. And the moment he became like one of them, they took counsel against him. And there is no apostle who suffered like Paul. Nobody. You see, just the decision to kill him, immediately they put in plans. Because that's the same thing they did about Jesus. They took counsel that this guy, he should not be allowed to continue walking in the streets of Jerusalem and in Jericho and onto the utmost path, spreading the gospel and winning people to so-called way. No. So the chief priests, these same killers, they took counsel and killed Jesus. And Paul was also like one of them. He came from that council and he felt that he has to fight the Christians. But the moment he became converted, he began to face the opposition. But he learned to survive. I'm telling you. Yeah. He is the one who said, I fought a good fight. You know, let me tell you something. When you say you are a Christian and there is nothing that fights your faith, you have to ask yourself whether you are a true Christian. So sometimes the family becomes the first uh, uh, opposition. Or your friends. See, when you have grown in a family or you have grown in a community with friends and one day you wake up and you say that, look, I have chosen this faith. What it means is that you have to make a sacrifice. If you don't have that mind, you can't that's why many people can't endure Christianity. Because you, you, you come to church once and then 
you, you can't help stay. I came to church once like you and I've stayed for 21 years up to today. Yeah, I never had it at the back of my mind that I wanted to be a pastor. I didn't want to be anything. I just wanted to be a Christian. And what, what did I do? I sacrificed my friends, even my family. I chose to move out of the house to go to church every evening. One day my father called me. He was asking whether there's a problem. And when I was not going to church and roaming around and drinking in the nights and coming home, I mean, it was almost like not a problem. Or it was like an unseen thing. But when I chose Christ, I mean, it was, it was not a question. Hey, is everything all right? Every day, church, church, it's not, it's not normal. Choosing Christ is not a normal way. And many of us want to please people. So we don't survive Christianity as a first step. See, when you don't take a stand for what you believe in, you can't continue in it. You can't grow. Many people have walked into this church and they have, they've been pricked in their hearts. Wow, pastor, I want to be a Christian. I want to come to church. When they go, they, they, can't, they can't come back. They can't survive it. They can't overcome their friends. They can't overcome their family. Brother, it is your battle. Fight it. The one who saved you and loved you. The price that he paid for us. You see, he, he gave his life. I'm telling you, that's how deep he was. He, he, he gave himself to us. So that we will have a life that none on this earth can give us. Not even our fathers or our mothers. No. Your father can pay fees. Can build a house for you. But he cannot save your soul. When you die, he cannot give account of your life. He cannot do anything about your soul. The soul that sinneth must die. Your father can save you. No matter the power he has. The love he has. The influence he has. There is one who is called Jesus. There is one who is called the Lord. He has created both the destroyer and the one who gives life. And when you don't make it here as a Christian, you don't survive the faith till the end. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how you die. Don't deceive yourself that I didn't sin, I didn't do anything. I'm telling you, it's, it's the height of deception. Sometimes to choose even your friends above Christ to choose that fellowship. You love pleasure. It is, it is an evil spirit that has come into your life. And you have lost the battle even before you start anything. See, when you see people who sometimes struggle to go to school, it is not because maybe somebody is not paying their school fees for them. Sometimes they found friends they are comfortable with who don't like school. So they find school environment boring and torturous. And they want to be with their friends. They, you send them to school, they go to their friends. They have made choices. So they can't survive in school. They can't sit in a classroom for 40 minutes for one period, one subject. But they can go and sit and watch videos and other foolish things for hours. Play games for hours from morning to evening. They don't see it as a waste of time. That's why you see people say they are Christians. They can't stay in church for two hours. But they can chat with their friends the whole day. The whole night. You can't survive loving God. Hey! Look at Paul. When he became saved, he cut himself. All those friends that he was with, who were, when he was going to Damascus, he was going with people. So when he became blind, they took him into Damascus and left him. Because, hey, brother, this one we can't solve it too. We are playing, we are playing, you have become blind. This one, we can't help you too. 
They left him, but God loved him and chose him. He didn't say that I've been saved. Where are my friends? Shall I have to go look for them? You see, some of you, when you come and you are saved, you go back to your friends. I made a choice. I said, these boys, these girls who are who are so-called friends, they are not friends. When you don't make a choice clearly from the beginning, you cannot, you cannot grow. I'm telling you, that is why many people say they are Christians have never grown at all. Nothing. Because you have not crossed that, that barrier of, of, of staying as just being a, a, a faithful Christian. Who is me? Nobody followed me to church. I'm telling you, for 21 years, as I'm standing in front of you, no, it's more than 21 years. 23 years. 1998, September. That's when I walked into church. And I went Sundays faithfully. Then I started going weekdays. Up to today. Nobody has called me. Won't you come to church? Why didn't you come to church? I have not seen you. Because you know what? I said to myself, I used to pray, Lord, I want to be faithful. As a Christian, I don't want to backslide. I want to survive. I want to, one day when I'm dying, I'm dying as a believer. If even I have nothing, I don't have friends. I know I have you. There's something in my heart that convinces me that I've made the right choice and I overcome the love of the world, the friends who have done nothing against me. When you don't make that clear distinction from the beginning, you cannot survive as a Christian. That's why many of you, you are wishy-washy. Today you are here. Tomorrow you are there. Today when we see you, you are nice. Tomorrow when we see you, you look wild. You've done your hair. You've done tattoos. You are, I mean, it's like, ah, but are you not the one who was saved? But when you went back, now you look wilder. Hey! From, from, from a lamb, you now look like a wolf. Yeah, when we see you, you look wild. Your identity has changed. Yeah. Survive it. It is worth staying this life as a Christian. If you die without friends, see, those people that you call friends in. Hey. God should give you insight into people who are your real friends. Look at Saul. The moment he took a stand and said, I am choosing Christ. The same people that he, he had friends with, he was friends with the chief priest. He had authority and power to cross barriers and boundaries, to arrest people and bring them through borders. He saw the small man. And the day he said, I'm choosing Christ and I'm preaching Christ, these same people took counsel to kill him. Is that a friend? No, 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 no. So, some of you are in deception. You go to the beach with them. You go to parties with them. They give you the addresses to where. We had a church member. One day we saw a picture of her in a club on her birthday. Short dress. I mean short dress. I said, sister, you sing in church. What were you doing there? It was my birthday. And my friend invited me to the uh, club. And they gave me a dress to wear. You are a liar. Short dress that as you are sitting down, as you are sitting down, any man who sits by you will see your panties free of charge. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you say what? You have friends who give you dresses to wear. So you are happy. They are friends. Christian brothers, sisters are not real. These people are hypocrites. Brother, I prefer the hypocrites that you call us. Yes, 
because they will help me to love Christ, to stay in the family. Because one day it will be over. Don't follow pleasure and deceptions. Some of you brothers, you have smoked weed. Your brain is on fire. And you can't you can't change. You have drunk. Every alcohol knows your name. Yeah. When we're singing, he knows my name. Other things know your name. Yeah. When you go to a club, when you go to a club, I mean the bouncers know your name. When you arrive, no. Oh, Charlie? Yeah. Senior man, brother, brother, brother. You have been giving them tips. You come to church, you can't even give offering. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a money message. Right. You see, when you don't learn how to survive in difficult environments, you will never discover how to flourish in different places. Yeah. Paul finds himself with friends who are encouraging him. Let's go and chase these people. And immediately in one breath, he switches over and he becomes saved. And then he's preaching the same things that he's fighting. And he loses his friends. And they, now they plot to kill him. But Charlie, he survived. He survived. And he flourished. He said, I have labored than all of them. He, he was talking about the apostles, the works that they have done. He said, I have labored than all of them. When you read Second Corinthians chapter 11, you will see what he went through. A lot of things that he suffered. Many of the disciples didn't even suffer it. But you see, he survived it. You know, sometimes some of you don't know that when you are seeing tests in your life and difficulties, it is a sign that God is doing, he's preparing you for a bigger promotion. But you can't. You can't sacrifice your friends to come to church in the evening. You, you see, oh, please. I used to like football. Uh, Champions League, every time when they are playing, we gather. When you are watching it with brothers, it's nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's, it, there's a feeling in it. Because I like football. But Charlie, I sacrificed it. It died in me. If I have church, I won't stay at home and watch Champions League. Or Premier League. Because sometimes it is not only the fellowship of what you love, it is also it also comes with passions that you shouldn't be involved in. There are other things behind it that you are led to do and you conveniently do because of the fellowship that you have. So you are corrupted. And you should learn to fight it. Say amen. Are you happy? Okay. Yes, we should we should survive it. Wonderful. Now, I want to talk about growth. Quick growth. <laughs> Luke chapter 9, verse 57.
Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. So I'm talking about three things. Survival, quick growth, and development. Survival, I can preach about it for one year, I tell you. Quick growth, okay. And it came to pass, this is Jesus, that as they went in the way, in the way, in the way, the people of the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, anybody who comes into contact with Christ, if you read the Bible, if you read this Luke chapter 9, when, I, when you go home, go and read. It's a long scripture. I don't want us to read it. If I start, I won't finish my message. I tell you to change the message. But it is in this scripture that the uh, miracle of 5,000 uh, 4, or 5,000 happened. Many things. He, 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 it started by Jesus sending the disciples into uh, uh, the cities and villages in twos. And they were, going to, they were supposed to cast out demons and devils. And they came back and they were happy that they had done this. And many people became converted and they started to follow them. So when they, were, when they are moving, it's, you see a crowd. That's why he gathered thousands to sit at, uh, under his feet for teaching from morning to evening. And the apostles realized that they were hungry. They were hungry. So they told Jesus that these people are hungry. Let them go and find something to eat. And Jesus said, is there nothing that you can give them? They said, we don't have anything. Some small boy has some bread. Bring it. He, he blessed the bread and we know the rest. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. So, and then he, his ministry attracted thousands of people. Anybody who comes into contact with the Lord immediately wants to follow. It is a sign of growth and it is rapid. Even the disciples, he walked to Peter and said, follow me and I will make you. And he, he it's like quickly somebody who didn't go to synagogue, who was not known in any circles, who cannot teach. A, a, a fisherman does not teach in the synagogue. The synagogue had doctors, scribes, lawyers, learned people interpreting the scriptures, carriers or custodians of the law. They are not mere men or unschooled people, illiterates, no. But he didn't look down upon himself. Peter, immediately he gave himself to Jesus. He followed. Yeah. You see, some of you have a mind that you, I'm not ready. We have come to church. Let's take our time. Take your time for what? Always remember something. It, does, it didn't take so long for you to be a bad person. Some of you, you just met one boy one night and that's all. You became an expert in sex. And you have taught other people and initiated other people. Many of the bad things that we learned, they came rapidly, instantly. One day me, I was in school. I was in school. My school fees had been paid. That I should be going for classes. Then we had entertainment in boarding school. We have entertainment in the night. We're just going to watch a movie. Then my, one of my mates brought out alcohol. I have never drank alcohol in, in, in my father's house. My father doesn't drink. He doesn't give us alcohol. Do you understand? We don't smell alcohol in the house. No, nothing like that. Then my friend gave me a small, the top of the thing. You see, the bottle top. He poured small inside. Small inside. Then I drank it. That small. When I went 
to watch the movie. I didn't see any. I don't remember the movie. I didn't see anything. When we finished and we're coming, I could see people like they are dancing. Yeah. But it was the beginning of a journey for years of being bad, drinking and getting drunk. To the extent that at a point I can drink half of that thing. Then I'll be moving as if my tank is empty. Yeah. Yeah. See, sometimes the, the change to do bad things is so rapid. Listen, some of you, 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 you can go to school and come home. Your, your mother will not recognize you. Yeah. Because you met somebody in school. And you have changed so much that you are the, the, the humble girl that they can call. Sit here. Let me send you. Now they can't see you. And when they see, they say, who, what, what are you wearing? Who gave it to you? Then you are angry. You have exposed yourself. You have changed so rapidly. So why is it that when you come to God and you become a Christian, don't you think that, that the change should be drastic? It should be rapid. So that somebody will say, hey, is that you? Yes, that is me. You will see some of the brothers. Your father has never dressed and wore his... You never grew seeing your father dressed with his trousers here. His trousers here and his boxer shorts showing. Walking in the street. Your father has never dressed. But one day you come to the house and that's how you are walking. You have done your hair like... Even Bob Mali is okay. But if it's Bob Mali style, it's okay. We don't know. Whether it's railways... Or skyscrapers on your hair. You look some way. You, you look strange. You have tattoos that your father didn't give you. Your mother didn't give you. You, you have habits that, can, that they don't come from your home. But you have acquired them and you are happy. Flourishing it for years. And, and when somebody corrects you, you insult the person. All these people. All these people. All oh, this old past, all oh, this old past, they don't know what's up. They don't know what's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are a sister. All your breasts is showing. Your, you have not seen your mother's breast. Your breast is showing. You say, I'm a woman. Is that how women dress? Then you must be a dog. Dogs, they don't cover their breast. Pregnant, you see that. It is there. Show it. So, if you can change and do bad things and become some way immediately, you see, when you become a Christian, you, your change must be drastic. Daniel, don't say, Oh, we are taking our time. We are taking our time. You know, Pastor, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Pastor, we'll get there. You, you get where? You, you, you are not ready to change. That's why you say you will get there. But you see many people have been Christians for a long time. There is nothing Christianity about them. When you ask them scriptures, when you have a, some of you, one of the signs that your friend is not a Christian, when you have a problem, what scripture can they use to solve the problem? Do you have a friend who has ever said, no, this thing, let's pray about it. A, a boy sends you a, a, a text. And says, hi baby, you are looking good today. Then you show it to your friend. Then you, your friend says, who is that guy? Then you just, hey, that guy, hey, he has money. Go and chop the money. Go and chop the money. <laughs> He's a fool. Go and chop the money. 
counselors, wicked counselors. Yeah. They will not give you godly advice. Yeah. And they have been Christians for a long time. Sometimes they are in the crowd. They are singing. They come to church every day. Every day. Wicked counselors. Yeah. If you are a boy, you make a mistake and you go and tell them, I love you, baby, brother. They will chop your money. They will chop your money and they will laugh at you and they will insult you behind your back. When you come and they are laughing, oh, you're welcome. They you to your head. This your head. This your head. It's sticking like that. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Do you want pizza? Do you want coke? Ah, a little credit. Then when you go, no, they are insulting you. You are shaking your head like you are coming from Tanka Tanka. Hey, let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. Read your Bible every day. I tell you. Yeah. And Jesus said unto the guy who wanted to follow him. You say you want to follow me? This is what is happening. Foxes have holes. Animals have homes. And the bears have air, uh, the bears of the air have nests. Even bears, they have places they sleep. You see bears making nests. But the son of man has not where to lay his head. You know, sometimes when you hear, you want to follow somebody, say, hey, the person say, me, you, don't, you won't follow me. I don't get house. It's almost like I'm an aimless person. One of the reasons why many of you Christians, you struggle to change is you are not sure what will happen if you change? And you follow Jesus real. But you see, Christianity is not about when you come, you get a husband. You get a, a, a wife. You get a job. Some people come to church because they want jobs. Or they come to church because they have not been able to sleep and they say, pastor should pray. One day I pray for somebody. When I finish, the, the person was asking, eh, 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 do I want money? Because the person is used to going to people who collect money. Don't pray for money. And you see, such people, they are not ready to change. They are not ready to love God. They want solutions to their problems. You, you see, sometimes it's only about solutions. So you have to understand that Christianity is about a relationship with a God who loves us. And even if I don't have a man, uh, any house, any car, any uh, job, any good thing that one can think of, I don't have friends. If I have Jesus, I have everything. But some of you don't understand it. When I joined the church and I became serious overnight, I was never afraid of giving my time, my everything. I, see, I mean, I remember sometimes I, I used to sit down and wonder whether everything was right with me. So every day I'm in church. I have found somebody that I have loved. I'm following him. Yeah, I'm in love with him. My change was rapid. My friends used to say that, oh, you go come back. They do giddy giddy giddy. They said, you are rushing, you go come back. Yeah. Charlie, but they didn't know that the rushing, eh, it was a sign that I wanted to change quickly. I grew overnight. I sacrificed them. I changed my lifestyle overnight. They didn't understand it. They said they were waiting for me to come back. They are still waiting. Some of you, your friends love you still because Charlie, you haven't changed. 
when you live here, you are calling them. Westfields, la. Charlie, where you there? The guy is at Westfields. When you finish, you know, you cross. Westfields, la. Then you sit inside. Cross your leg. Then you send WhatsApp. Charlie, on my way. I never closed church and went to my friends where they used to sit and watch football. Even, even to play football. I used to play football physically. I stopped playing football with them. I stopped. Even though I loved it. I stopped. Yeah, I stopped. I, I chose people in church who were younger than me. Yeah. It was, it was, it was rapid. I was not waiting to be in church for two years. Some of you have been in church for ten years. Nothing has changed. You have not grown. Fifty-nine. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, now, one person came and said, Charlie, Jesus, I want to follow you. Then Jesus told him that, if you follow me, remember this, me, I don't have any place to stay. So, be ready to sleep outside. That's what it means. Be ready to move. Okay. Maybe the guy believed. He moved. Then he saw another person. And he said, Lord. The Lord saw him and said, Charlie, let's go. Then he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Some of you like family too much. Family funerals. As young as you are, you are more than a funeral planner. Every family funeral you are inside. Family meetings for funerals at your age, you are inside. And those meetings, they don't bring progress. Africans like family meetings. Gossips. Evil things. Yeah. No progress. They don't help you. If you say you want to do business, the family will not help you. If you die, they will bury you. Sometimes even when you are sick, they won't won't give you money for hospital. If you die, they will look for money to bury you. If you say you want to go to school, they will not help you to go to school. When you are going to marry, they will look for money to uh, come and, they will buy pig and come and eat and come and dance. Wear clothes. Buy clothes. Celebrate. Yeah. Family, family. Dark. You like your family to be. That's why some of you can't change. That's why you can't. You see, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. Me too, I come from a family. I gave them up. But today, I have them. I'm telling you, I have them even more than it used to be before. Because I walked away from those ties. And I remember, I used to speak. My father is a family head. He, many people in the family look up to him. And I remember people pass through our house all the time. He is looking after this one. This one is coming to sleep. This one is eating in the house. This one is uh, this. This one is that. This one is that. Look, I didn't want to be part of it. I told him, Charlie, it is let's choose God. Me, I've given myself to God. These family people, they are there, 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 there. They don't wish you well. Yeah. They don't wish you well. You can't sacrifice sad things. Young people, family, 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 family. Then you see your cousin is your boyfriend. Your cousin's friend has introduced you. You see that in the circle of the family, a lot of things are happening, but the parents don't see it. And you are hiding there as if you are good children. You are not good children. You know what is happening. Some of you have slept with your cousins. 
You have done things you shouldn't do in the name of we are family. We are together again. <laughs> ah. Ah. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Then listen to Jesus. He said, oh. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go down and preach the kingdom of God. Brother, you say you want to follow me. Leave the family things that you talk about. Some of you, you have never preached to your family about Christ. You are afraid. You are afraid. But when you want to, when, when you want to marry, you go and sit in front of them. I want to marry. This is the man. And they will give you a list. Then you come and tell the man that he should buy all the things. That one day you are, and if the man doesn't buy, then you see your face. He is not serious there. This man wants to marry me. He doesn't want to pay the price there. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Preach the kingdom of God. The fact that you have been a Christian for one week and you can't tell somebody, I've gone to church. I've given my life to Christ. I want to invite you. It is a sign that you, you are waiting for, to become a pope before you preach. Eh? Who are you waiting for? You see, that is the reason why many of us, let me listen to this one. We have fathers and mothers, some of us, who were Christians. They never preached to us. They never taught us how to love and serve God. And when you are even serious now, they, they seem to have a problem with it. They, they seem to find something wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. All they want for you, sister, is to marry. Sometimes you meet a fool. They want you to marry the fool. And irrespective of how you feel, they will force you to marry. But when you choose Christ, it's as if you have made a mistake. You are wasting your life. When you are serving God, it's as if you are lost. There is something wrong with you. They have not passed on godliness to us. It is because they have never grown. They never grew as Christians. They just joined churches. And many of us are following that cycle. You can be there. Uh, I've come to church. I've gone. I've come to church. I've gone. One day you two will be like your mother and your father. Yeah. You have not grown spiritually. All you want is for your children to marry. Yeah. You don't teach them godly things. You don't share God's way. There is no godly standard set. You are not a witness of Christ. Rather, you are fighting people go to church. Verse 61. And another also said, so Three people. First one, he came and said, I want to follow you. Then the second one, Jesus called him. That's how it is. In the church, some of you were, I would never have to say anything. You, you have a desire to serve God. And some of you, I will tell you that do this. But in all these two situations, it is your response that matters. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go. Bid them farewell which are at my home or at my house. I want to go and say bye to the family. You know what I'm saying, Lord? Yeah, man. <laughs> and Jesus said unto him, Kabori ni base kapa. You see, we have learned something about God. He's a God of patience. Is that not so? Romans chapter 5 verse 15 or so. He's a God of patience. You see, God's patience stretches forth towards our sins. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. 
if you ever say God is patient, he's patient when it comes to our sins and our weaknesses. But when it comes to his work, he's not patient. When it comes to the things that we struggle with in our body, our sins, should we continue to sin that God's grace will abound? God forbid. He says, I will have mercy on you and your sins and your iniquities, I will remember them no more. He's showing us a certain kindness, a certain patience. He's tolerating and accommodating us. He came to save the sinners. His love is manifested in forgiving us our sins. And sometimes when you do uh, 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 uh. is it not Jesus who said forgive 70 times 7 do you know the number of times he also forgives that's why he's saying that that's patience it's like you do wrong things he's patient enough to, to correct you and to allow you to change but when it comes to his work there is nothing like patience because you see if he's patient with his work somebody will lose his life and go to hell of all that thou gave me I was faithful Save the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. So, look at this scripture. And Jesus, a man comes to Jesus and says that, I want to follow you. He says, but you know what? I have to go and see my family off and tell them that I'm leaving and all this. And Jesus' response, you, you can't imagine. He says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. This is impatience with somebody who says, I want to serve you, but you still have a tie to the family. He doesn't tolerate and he will not give you another chance. Because if you can't make a choice for God. And this is hard message I'm telling you. One of the reasons why many of us sometimes never have the opportunity to do anything for God again. Is because you, you have been declared unfit for the kingdom. Because you look back. You want to join the choir. Uh, uh, today I can't come. My family has I've never missed a service for family or obligation. Please. Can you, can you imagine your, your child is going to school then you say I'm taking the child out of school today because we have a wedding. You are not a serious parent. We, are, we have a, 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 a funeral. I want to take my grade 4 child out of school. We are going for a funeral. Nyama. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, so, sometimes there are some parents the teachers know that the parents themselves, they are not serious. The parents themselves, they are not serious. And, and sometimes it is the love that the teachers have for the children that help them. But if they leave their children to their parents, their child will be miserable. Yeah. They feel sorry for them. Yeah. Why? Why? Why should you? Why should you struggle to be faithful to God and consistent? It is because you have not grown. You are not a master of quick growth. Your change must be drastic because see, your fall is drastic. Satan, and when he wants to destroy you, he does it with speed. That is why anything that comes to you as a salvation, eh, you shouldn't joke with it. Oh. You must fight. Some of you been to pray, you, you, you can't pray. You can't pray on your own. If you can't pray on your own, you will never grow. I'm telling you. If you can't worship on your own, you will never grow. If you can't read the Bible on your own, you will never grow. How can you pay a child's school fees in class 1, class 2, class 3, and they have 
reach grade 12, you still have to sit down and read to them. Will you be happy? So, do you think that I am happy every day reading Bible? You don't read. When I tell you, I said, go and read uh, Acts chapter 9 from verse 1. I'm telling you, you will read. Many of you will not read. Why do you do that to yourself? You are the one who is, you are, you see, if there's an enemy, you are number one to yourself. First, when you don't understand your relationship with the Lord, you cause yourself more injury than anybody else could. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? Yeah. If the Lord is on my side, who can fight you? Had they not been for the message of the Lord, we would have been consumed because he's on our side. He is a mighty and a terrible one. He fights our battle for us. He loves us. He's closer to us. If something is happening to you, don't blame anybody. As a first rule, it is your attitude and your response. You have not grown. Every opportunity to grow is there. But some of you now, You see, physically, the reason why babies feed on milk is for calcium and antibiotics in the breast milk and other nutrients. Because the, the babies need calcium for strong bone density and other things. Antibiotics to fight infections, you know, for strength, for health. You know, don't, they don't even drink water. Six months, you don't need to give the baby water. The breast milk is enough. Milk. So, if the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 to ask newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. It is because, you see, at a stage in your life, you are like a baby who feeds on milk and it's necessary. But it shouldn't be that you remain on milk. I mean, come on now. Can you feed on milk the whole day as you are? You will get running stomach. Some of us are lactose intolerant. Some of you, when you eat milk, you will fat. The whole room will be smelling. When you come and sit down, you spoil the church, I tell you. One day I was going somewhere. I entered a lift. Hey, a certain nice lady, she came out. Then I entered the lift. When I entered, I said, mm, the lady don't spoil the place now. Ah! But before I would jump out, another brother entered. So the thing was when the guy too stood quietly and as if he was spying me. I was saying to myself, you don't know. You don't be me, oh. <laughs> hey! <laughs> yeah. And the ladies, when they fight, it's not easy. It's, it's wilder than us. <laughs> hey, I remember the girl, pa. When the lift opened, she walked out fast, fast. Then I also walked in. When I, and she was the only person in the lift when she walked out. So when I entered, I said, mm, this one, the, the sister, the sister. So I was just about to go out, then another guy entered. So I said, okay, make we do inside. So the guy too, he paused small, like trying to say, brother, look, let's be inside like that. No be me, I tell you, no be me. <laughs> I made myself straight. Let's go. <sighs> Milk is for children. When you eat milk or drink milk at a certain stage, you will run. Some of you. Your body will reject it. 
So there is a time for milk. Now you want meat, strong food. Even some of you breakfast, you eat bread. You don't drink any milk, nothing. No, 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 no. You don't want, you want bread. Tapalapa, long one. When you finish, then you fuck some wonjo. Then you feel that something, you feel heavy. Yeah, some people eat fufu for breakfast, rice, heavy meal. Yeah, I know, I know a brother. His dessert, if you, his dessert is not simple, fried yams for dessert. He eats fufu and heavy food. Then when he finishes, he says his dessert is fried yams, sliced fried yams. So you see, that's how God's word is. Strong meat are for them who, by reason of use, have exercised their senses. There is a natural process of growth in our lives. When you feed on milk, you, you see children who are malnourished, it's because they didn't get some of these basic things that people get from their mothers. Why should a six-month-old child be malnourished? Because maybe there's no breast milk or the mother is also diseased and what is passing out is not the right thing. But if you feed on milk, it is enough. Six months, some people even do one year. But then after six months, they start to add other things. Yeah. So, if up to today, your main meal is milk, it is a sign of a problem that you have not developed. Yeah. And you are healthy. You will be sick. You will be sick. Yeah. You will be sick. Saturated fat. Yeah. Processed milk has more saturated fat. You will be surprised. That's why I ask people who are obese and things, they ask, don't eat these things, ice cream and these things, yogurt, the yogurt is not yogurt, it's sugar. In real yogurt, you can't eat it. You like sweet things, sweet tooth. So you have been a Christian for a long time. You are like a baby. Because look at, look at, you see, one of the signs of growth, I like this, 514. Okay, go back to 514. Please, bless you. Strong meat belongs to them that are full of age, not babies. Are you full of age? And, and even those who by reason of use, use of what? The word. Because you grow by the word. And your use of the word is what makes you grow. You don't, some of you don't read scriptures. You don't pray. So when they say pray, you can't pray. You have a dream. What scripture will you use to pray? You have to talk to pastor before. And then as if you don't meet the right person, then it becomes another problem in your life. Five 14. Okay, 1025. Hebrews. 1025. No, 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 no. Uh, not 1025. It's this one. I think it's the same five. When for the time he ought to be teachers, he have neither one teach you. 512. Eh? It's 512. Yes. 412 and 512. Yes. I like those ones. Yes. 512. For when for the time he ought to be teachers. You see, many of us think that oh, we can't teach. I also used to think, I, 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 pastor, I don't want to be a pastor. Who should I teach? Huh? Me? I don't want to be a pastor. But sometimes, eh, when you have to grow, what you share helps you to grow. Yeah. The more you teach, 
the better you become. So there is a natural progression of every Christian that you, you have to come to a point where you have to be a teacher. And you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And you are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Why is it that when it is time for you to rather teach and to stand strong in the faith and to survive and to help other people to be kept in the church and in the family of the church, you are the one who has to be followed up after. Yesterday I was chatting with one of our pastors. He's, he has been moved from the Macarius uh, church to pastor a branch. And I was chatting with him. Then I asked him about a shepherd who was with him. So what has happened? He said the guy is backsliding. He has said that now he doesn't want to do anything. When he, he comes for first service and goes to sit at the back. I said why? And, and, and when I reflect, I see the struggles that we had with him. He didn't, we used to try, he said, do quiet and you won't do it. And he, he says, he's even getting into depression because he's lost his job for a long time. He has three children and it's not easy. His wife just gave birth. And he's complaining that the church, uh, they are not helping him. Uh, nobody is minding him. So he too, he will just sit down. He will come here he and his God. He will come and sit down and just, when they close, then he goes. You see, when you enter a, a family of God, a church, and your mind is that, as for me, as I've come here, the church must help me. You are a baby. Don't you know that God will bless you? If you, some of you, if you take God seriously and you, 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 you experience God in your life, what will happen is that he'll prosper you and favor you. Then you will be a blessing to other people. Then I was reminding the pastor of a drama. This guy, when he came to church, listen to me, he was working at FAO. The, when he came to church first, he was working at FAO. His salary was brutal. Yeah. When he pays his tithe, I'm telling you, it's not easy. But you see, even at that time, we saw a careless attitude and lack of desire to be, to be strong spiritually. He takes lives for granted. Then he lost that job. Then, we prayed with him, stood by him, supported him till he got another job. Then the same non-performance issues and, you know, it's like some, you take life for granted kind of. Then he lost that one too. You see, you are, you are, you are blaming the church. And I reminded the pastor, I said, we had a guy who was a drummer. He, when he joined the church, he didn't even have shoes. Every day he's hungry. When you give him food, he, he'll be happy. He'll be there the whole day. Just food and transport. He has nothing. This guy who used to work at FO, he could play keyboard. He doesn't, he will never sit down. Challenge, help the choir. Oh, I have this business meeting. I have this seminar. I have this, that. No time. Then this brother, this brother, who joined the church as a drummer, JSS boy, always hungry. When you give him food, he's happy. He's, he listens to us. Do this. Do that. Do that. We've helped him uh, today. He has a job. He has prospered. He has a beautiful wife. Two children. And one day, one of our ladies in the church sent me a, 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 a WhatsApp. Please thank this brother for me. He's helping me pay my fees. I was I said, wow. So, so you see the difference? 
somebody who has grown and somebody who has refused to grow. Many people who blame their church for their problems is because they refuse to grow. You want the church to give you money for what? How much money have you been giving to the church? You don't care about anybody. You are lazy. Sister, sit up. Your head. Straight. Look at me. Don't blink. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are blaming grown man. Three children. You are sitting down. And the church, they don't help us. We are going through problems. They don't care. They are only raising money to build churches. Then the guy who is playing the drums, who has been faithful, who has grown, he is there. He doesn't complain. He is looking after somebody in the church, paying somebody's fees. Somebody who couldn't, who couldn't, he, he couldn't, he didn't have money to eat. I'm telling you, when he's angry and you give him food, he will smile. That's all. Yeah. 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 Why have you refused to grow? You see, when you, it's like some of you, you have grown at your age. You are blaming your mother and your father. At the age of 30, you are blaming your mother and your father. You need slaps, I tell you. You see, sometimes what somebody didn't do for you shouldn't affect your life. What you, you, you are doing for yourself is what matters. Don't blame anybody when things fail in your life. No. There are witches, there are wizards, but the chief witch and the chief wizard can be you. If you grow and if you have allowed yourself to grow spiritually, you will never sit one day and blame anybody because sometimes the people who blame, eh, they've had more opportunities than others who don't find any, any voice to complain. I've seen these two guys one has become better, the other has become worse. Meanwhile, the other one who has become worse, he started off better. Far ahead. Far ahead of this brother. As the brother was in church, playing the, even the drums, he didn't know how to play too well, but he was just faithful, sitting down. Sometimes when he, we are leading worship, and the praise and worship leader feels that he's not playing the drums well, and he turns and says stop, or change, or something. Then he gets angry, then he stops playing. So we have to counsel him, brother, don't do that in front of the church. And he won't get up. He will just stop and bow down his head. Yeah, he was growing. Today, it's like when the choir is rehearsing, he is the drama that is needed. When Bishop is leading worship, he is the drama that is there. It's like, where is? Then you mention, where are you? Sometimes when somebody else plays a drum, Bishop can know that he's a different person. This guy, his keyboard skills, I don't know what has happened to him. There are people who didn't know. We had a guy. He used to play the keyboard. When we are playing, and maybe the praise and worship leader lifts up a song, and, and he changes the key, then the guy will put his head on the keyboard like this. He's listening to the key. He will listen to it and get the key before, then he opens the volume, then joins the song. Sometimes by the time he's joining, this one is changing. Hey! My, my, myself and my brother, we used to stand in front. When he does that, then we start looking at ourselves. Oh, man. But Chale, he has grown. Today, he trains other people. He, 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 he looks like an expert. God makes us better with time. So, don't turn away when you have an opportunity to do something in the church. Some of you have been in the church for a long time. You have been sitting on your bottles. That's why the chair is broken. 
you have never even bought one chair. You have broken, this is your fat bottles. You have broken chairs in the church, but you have never bought one chair. I've never bought one chair for the church. Yeah. You have spoiled things. You have gone to the toilet. You have spoiled the washroom. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the women, they don't know how to use washroom. They put their parts, parts in the, in the toilet. You should, we shouldn't say it. We should say it. Then, then they block the toilet. Then you see that as you flush, the water can't go. And then the lady walks out. And we have to go and hire a plumber and pay the plumber what he will charge. You will never give that as your offering the whole month. Yeah, the person who caused that problem. Yeah, just to remove the part. Yeah, then you will never give that as an offering. Then you, you, you complain. When you have a problem, the church doesn't help. You want, you want, you, you want God to help you. <laughs> hey, I see you surviving. I see you growing. And I see you developing. You see, it is natural that the, our latter end should greatly increase. Nobody walks with God and remains the same. Because he is not slack concerning his promises. Anything that God has said he will do, he will do it. But you have to be strong. You have to fight. You have to overcome. You have to be faithful. It is your battle. Don't expect somebody to do it for you. Don't expect your pastor to do it for you. I can only pray for you. But the major change is upon you. If you do nothing, you get nothing. Don't expect somebody to do a lot of work and give you things. No. Brother, do your part. Do something. May God help us. May God strengthen us. We are surviving our faith and we are developing quickly. You see, don't say that I am waiting uh, next year. You sometimes, someone, oh, join the choir. Oh, Pastor, I'm when they said we should, we are forming a choir in the church. Oh, I've joined it. You don't like me. I'm, I've joined the choir. I've joined the choir. You don't like my voice. You will listen to it. Because if your voice is nice, come and sit. Come and join and, and sing. And let me sit down. Yeah, I became an usher. I became a treasurer. I became a shepherd. I became a chorister. I became a pastor. I became a reverend. You see, it's like. I have not sat at one place. And I have not looked back. I have overcome. I have survived. My fight as a Christian is more important to me than any post in the church. Yeah. That's what gives pleasure to life in Christianity. It's like you love God first. And when you love God, nobody, your wife can't change you, your husband can't change you, your children can't change you, your job cannot change you, your family cannot change you. You fight to them because these things, they are real. People are affected by their wives. They are affected by their husbands. They are affected by their jobs, their bosses, by family. They are affected by life and its circumstances. Sometimes you can go through some things and you, when you wake up, you don't want to go anywhere. You see hundred calls. You won't respond to one. You don't want to talk to anybody. But you must learn to be strong and to fight. But Charlie, if you don't learn to be happy, nobody can be happy for you. And me, I've learned to survive because you won't survive for me. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You want somebody to do 
everything for you. Look at Africa. Our leaders don't want to think for themselves to how to build a country. That's why they go outside. And when they go and collect the money, they don't use it for anything. We, are, we, 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 we need money for this road. We need money for this bridge. And the bridge will never be built. And what they will use, the money they will use will be even more than is necessary. Yeah. It is believed that Africa building roads is one of the most expensive in the world. Africa. And we don't see the road. And the roads don't last. Yeah. People build quality roads at less. They build airports at least. African country is building airports. Hey, when you hear the budget, you say no. People chop chop. It's like any time there is something, somebody has to sit down and think. What will I get? What will you get? What will he get? What will they get? What will she get? Then when they share share, then they use the small one to do the thing. And the one who is doing the thing too, he will chop his own and do it with less money. So within a short time, you said the thing is not working. We don't have hospitals. When our leaders are sick, they travel and go. This is a shame. Sometimes toothache. Somebody has toothache. They are, they are afraid to go to hospital in their country. Toothache. They are traveling to other countries to go and pay for toothache. Can you imagine? Because we have not grown. Yeah. Toothache. Yeah. Somebody, a, a certain country, a certain leader, he was riding a bicycle and he fell and twisted the ankle. He, he took one month holiday in, in Cromwell Hospital in UK. Expensive. Yeah, for physiotherapy treatment. Yeah. Even footballers who are paid thousands of pounds a week, they don't use money like that. When they have injuries, they, they don't go and sleep in Cromwell Hospital for a physiotherapist to charge them 30,000 pounds for one month treatment. A footballer who earns 800,000 pounds a month. Yeah. You see, our people don't think. And, and, and they are people. They pass on their unthinkingness to us. They pass it on. The, the thing that they do, it define us. That's how we are supporting them. And if you and I don't change as Christians, you will see that when you, when, when you get into a certain position, you are like a child. You are thinking of cars. You see African leaders. When they are traveling and they are moving, you see cars, envoys, beggars. You are traveling to go and beg for money. Then you have chartered a plane. You have a doctor. You have a cook. You have somebody who irons your shirt. You have somebody who washes your panties. Your wife has a hairdresser and makeup artist. Somebody who does nails. They are all on the plane and they are being paid by the state. Then you are going to beg for money. You are going to beg for money. How can we grow? Yeah. If you don't grow now, you will see that tomorrow if you are uh, in a position, you will be doing the same thing. When you are coming, all of us should go off the road. The road is not good already. We should, everybody should go off the road until you come and pass. We can't pass. Yeah. You, you don't do the road for all of us to enjoy it. Sometimes you see where they say you should, they are coming, they say go off, go off. But where they say you should, you can't go. If you go, you are spoiling your car. But you have to go. You have to go. You have to go. That's why I said, don't look at somebody. 
Um, but look at yourself. I'm pointing you to yourself. Because it starts with us. The way our minds are. Because some of you, if you have money today, you'll be more than some of the people that you are saying, and they like us. You. We had a guy in our church. Say, when you have money, we're chatting, young guys. When you have money, what will you buy? I'll buy a hammer. I'll buy this. You see, by the time he had this list, you see that he's a fool. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all you think about money. Consuming things. I want this. I want that. I want that. No. Charlie, people who are, you see, have you seen British Prime Minister driving? It, one moto and his Jaguar. That's all. They make Rolls Royce. They make Jaguar. They make which other cars. They don't use it. Prime Minister of UK doesn't use Rolls Royce. Sweden, they make Volvos. The Prime Minister rides bicycle. They make Volvos. Saab. They, have, they are rich. They ride bicycles, trains to work. Yeah. Look at them. But as for us, Ha! I'm more cars. Four wheel drives. I mean, ping, or one here, one here. Then they have the one that the president is in, then a dummy one. So that you are confused. Which one is he in? Is he in this one or that one? Ha! That's why when they come to power, they don't want to leave. Hey, the thing they sweet to. Hey! You should believe in the power of God. When you have the power of God, some of these things that show power, it, it goes out of you. you. You don't fall for it, I'm telling you. Yeah. Your life is pleasant with God. You are a master of survival. Don't say, you see, as for here, things are hard. Brother, there are people in prison for life. And they will die and go to hell, uh, uh, heaven. Then you are here free. Free. You will die and go to hell. Think about it. Because they've chosen that this is where I am. I love God. I will serve God. There was a guy at the age of 15, black guy. He was sentenced for robbery and murder. At the age of 83, he was released. 83 years old. He was, he was seven, five life consecutive terms. He has, from 15 years, as a black boy, Black boy, I will look for his name and send it on the page for you to read. Yeah, at the age of 83 years, he's now out of jail. But the man found Christ and was at peace with himself. He says, I'm a better person now and I will never do those mistakes that I did in those times. Yeah, tell it. Life, eh? Learn to survive. You, you are here. You have walked around, breathed air freely, but you have put yourself in a jail that nobody can even see. May God help us. Please. Our time is up, I tell you. Stand to your feet, everybody. Lift up your right hand to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help us. pray for God to help you to survive. You will not fall 
away as a believer. But you will prevail. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Today you have been saved, but if you don't fight for your salvation, you will lose it. And you will end up in the place you want to walk away from. May the wisdom of God give you the grace and the help you need to survive. I have chosen Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's my testimony. I saw the scripture and I immediately sacrificed the pleasures of the world. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive. Yet not I. <laughs> I live, but there's a Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by his faith. Don't wait for five years to be serious with God. You have not changed. Some of you are struggling with sins. God will be patient with you. But you see, if you don't fight that battle, you will never come into the blessing that God wants for you. Overcome the drinking habit. Overcome the uh, fornication habit. Overcome the drugs. Overcome the idling. Overcome the gossip. The things that are destroying your life. Overcome them. It is your choice. Overcome them. Grow out of it. Nobody introduced you into it. You went into it. You gave yourself that pleasure to enjoy it. And if somebody somebody doesn't lead you to do something wrong, you see that sometimes there is no motivation to find yourself in certain places. But if somebody is leading you, it's because you also like it. If sinners entice you, consent thou not. If people are drawing you into sinful nature and pleasures, don't give them your consent. Don't agree with them. Sometimes you find yourself in the cycle because you agree. You give them your consent. But today, grow out of it. Speak to the Lord. I'm overcoming the things that have been set against me, that are destroying me. The friends that you think you have, who are friends of evil, of pleasure. I'm telling you, one day, you will see that these are the real enemies. May your eyes be open now to make a choice and a stand for God. Ah, Don't be overcome by persecutions. What people are doing against you can never overcome you. What people wish against you can never happen unless you permit it. That's the power that we have in God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power. According to the power that works in us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Help us. We give you glory. We give you honor. We bless you. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. The grace to grow quickly. To be strong. To take a stand. To fight. To pursue life. In the eyes of God. And in the sight of His Son. Yes, that is our purpose. And that is our choice. The Lord help us. And the Lord bless us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every eye closed. Everyone still standing. Nobody is moving for now. Now if you want to give your life to Jesus. 
which some of you should do now. Many of us are not serious with, with Christ. You see, some of you who came late, go and listen to this message again. And some of you who are here, listen to it again. There may be things you didn't understand. You will understand it when you listen to it again. God has established a path for our prosperity. But it is not an easy walk. It's not a pleasure walk in the park. It is a battle. And you must learn how to be strong. Soldiers are different from civilians. Even though they live amongst us. And they are family members. Because they have been set into a field to fight. And what they go through in preparation is different from the ordinary man. He that warreth entangleth not himself in the affairs of men. They are, not, they are military men because they don't do the things that ordinary people do. And that's the Christian life. It is a battle. There are people who will fight you. But you have to be strong. There are forces that will manifest physically and torment you. But you have to be strong. The choice to survive is yours. And the choice to grow and to flourish is also yours. It is not in anybody's hands. If you are struggling as a Christian and you are battling to be strong in the faith, I want to pray with you this afternoon or this morning. You want to say, Pastor, help me. I want to be strong in the Lord. I I want my faith, if it is tested, to stand. What I go through should not break me. It should strengthen me. What I suffer should not pull me apart. It should draw me closer. What I go through should not break me apart. It should build me up. That's your prayer. I've been praying this prayer. Some things that I go through, I said, Lord, let me give me just the grace to understand what is ahead and to fight on. God is God. And he loves us. You want to say, Pastor, help me pray. I want to give my life to Christ. Lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. Lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, I know. I need to grow. I need to be serious. I need to be strong. I need to take a stand. Help me. Lift up your hands. I see your hands up. Don't be shy. It is, it is an important prayer. And your confession is a sign of your victory. It's a sign of your determination to fight. Lift it up. Thank you, Lord. I see your hands up. Lift it up. Yes. God bless you. Lift it up. If you have lifted up your hands, I want you to move from where you are. Come and stand in front of me. I want to pray with you. Yes. God bless you. Don't be shy. Please come. Come and stand here. I'm praying with you. I surrender Yes. Lift up your two hands as you are here. All to listen to me. Those of you here. It is God who knows your heart and the prayer you need. But as you have come forward to stand before him, may his hand be upon you as your covering and your protection. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in my heart that you have loved me and died 
and shed your blood to deliver me and to strengthen me unto every good work. I believe in my heart that my sins are forgiven. My mistakes are washed away. Please cancel every curse in my life. Lift up every battle in my life. And shine your light on my path. To overcome anything that wants to overcome me. Give me strength. Give me courage. To walk this faith. Until the end. Please write my name. In your book of life. And preserve my life blameless until the coming of your son Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lift up your hands. Some of you, as you are standing here, because you walked to the front, you have overcome that which wants to overcome you. And anything that stifled or or hindered your growth, you have overcome it. May the light of the word of God be shared in your heart. And may you walk back in revelation and understanding to fulfill every plan and purpose of God. Be blessed. Be strengthened. Be renewed in the inner man. And walk in victory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Now, some of you are here for the first time. Are you here for the first time? You've been here before. Okay, now, if you give your life to Christ for the first time, you've, you've never done that. If today is your first time, please, when we close. Where's Peter? Are you here in the hall? Where's Peter? Where's Peter? Where are you? Okay, see this brother. He will speak with you after the service. So just, when we close, then you come forward here. Okay. Speak with you. God bless you. Please go and sit down. Wonderful. Everyone can also sit, please.